So George, The Rings of Power is finally out. And I've kind of been talking about this for a few weeks now. And I've sort of been very interested in this behemoth show. Because I don't think there's... Everyone's talking about how it's one of the most expensive productions ever made. And I don't think there's ever been a show which has, A, been this big, but has almost like been pre-commissioned mm. for so many seasons. And I think coming into the first two episodes which were released, and I've now, I've now seen three of them, there was almost this sense of like, what have you got to show? Like, mm. like I, all, all shows, as far as I'm aware, always had to kind of fight for their right to mm. be on TV. Even Netflix shows, like if you're not engaging after one season, sure. anything can go. And we've seen that happen. Like you see loads of things get commissioned. And so I see this like massive gamble from Amazon. Obviously, Amazon's one of the richest mm. companies in the world. But I'm like, this is a massive push with a huge IP to make a huge production on a huge scale. And I've sort of been like, what is this going to look like? How, how big is it going to go? Yeah. What what have you done that is worth the price of of what you've uh, the price of production, and I feel like that there's been a couple of mixed responses to this, but I'm really like, ple- like I'm really like happy to say I've been pleasantly surprised okay. by the Rings of Power, and I'm really enjoying it. And right now I am like looking forward to my Fridays when oh, there's wow. a new episode because I have this like warm fuzzy feeling of a like being back in the Tolkien verse yeah and also just having this really cozy show that I'm like rubbing my hands to get into great and my love of Tolkien is like bubbling up again I'm now listening to the Lord of the Rings audiobook which Andy Serkis has done oh, who's brilliant and he's doing all the voices and it's fantastic but I'm like properly falling in love yeah. with with Lord of the Rings and Tolkien again um, I don't think it's perfect I think there are some problems and I think potential problems which could bring this show down but as of where we are right now I'm texting people about it. Mm. Talia, who's not a big Lord of the Rings fan, but who watched the, all the films recently, like who really liked them, is like, she, she saw me watching episode one and she was like, what's this? Huh. And I was like, oh, it's a new Rings of Power show. It's, uh, I'm really enjoying it. She was like, oh, why didn't you watch it with me? And ah. I was like, oh, I didn't know you were interested. She's like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to watch them and then we can watch them together. She's into it. Wow. She's loving it. And um, just in case you didn't know, The Rings of Power is a prequel series set before the events of The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Tolkien wrote pages and pages and numerous appendices fleshing out his world of Middle Earth. He has one of the like most well realized. It, it genuinely is like looking into history. You can there is a whole Wikipedia page where you can ask any question about any character, and there is it's genuinely like looking back on the history of kings of our wow. country. Like it's that it's that detailed. And he's released books like the Silmarillion, which I've dipped into, but it's quite hard read, so I've not really done it. And there are loads of other sort of mm. anthology texts which were uh, published by Tolkien's son in the years uh, preceding and years after Tolkien's death. And um, and um, so what this show has done is what the events that it's depicting in Tolkien's law are set across a few thousand years. Um, and what they've done is they've compressed the timeline to what looks like about 10 to 20 years right. to make more sense to the audience and to not have to ca- recast the human actors like every two episodes because yeah. it won't make sense. Because obviously elves in this universe are immortal unless they're killed and human beings are human beings. So what they've done is they've gone, okay, we're going to take this period of history after the end of the first age and in the second, and we're going to just sort of smush it together and tell the events of what's happened. Just a quick bit of Lord of the Rings right. for someone who doesn't know. George, you're not like... Exactly. I'm yes. listening to this, as I think many people might be, as n- not a Lord of... Well, I mean, loads of people are Lord of the Rings fans, but I'm not a Lord of the Rings guy. Nothing against them, yeah. but I'm not in that world. So 
Help me out a bit. Do you know what? I was ready to be like, I like it, you won't. Right. And that not be like a judgment on your taste, but just be like, and that's fine. Yeah. I still don't, I still think you might not like it, but because like, I think this show does actually have like a good cozy mass appeal. I'm quite tempted to be like, this is what it's about. So I'm going to do my best to just give you like a brief first age, second age history lesson on Tolkien. Here we go. In the beginning of time, right, there were there was light and there was trees and there were these very, like, first... I mean, this is, like, real cliff notes. There were these first being, beings, and some of them are elves, and one of them was Galadriel, who as a daughter did not know hate. They didn't have a word for death. There was nothing but light. Right. But then there was Morgoth. Morgoth is, like, the big, bad evil. He is the one who, like, Sauron used to work for, right? right? Okay, okay. We know Sauron. Sauron's yeah. the big bad this in Lord of the Rings. Right. He's Sauron. Sauron's like inspiration. Yeah. Morgoth was the big bad. And at the end of the first age, there was the war to end all wars. And it was the war for the Silmarils. And what this happened in this war was like mass death. You had like elves, men and dwarves all fighting in this war. I think it lasted 40 years and there was blood and fire. And you see some of the imagery yeah. about this war and it's like Balrogs, dragons falling from wow. the sky. And, and the entirety of Middle Earth was destroyed. Like oceans were created by like the depths that were left in the destruction of its wake. Wow. It was like the war that traumatized everything. And after that ended, um, Galadriel, who's like one of the main ca characters, like really saw the horror of war yeah. and she lost her brother. Elves are immortal, but if you yeah. kill an elf, they'll die. And the, there was a mark that was left on her brother's wrist, which is what looks like, a, it, looks, it looks like an eye maybe of Sauron, but it's like this mysterious mark. And ever since the end of that war, Galadriel has been part of this troop of elves who are essentially trying to like eliminate evil from Middle Earth. And elves kind of have this like semi-divine purpose in, in Tolkien's lore where they're, they're not human, but they're not gods, but they sort of are meant to keep the peace mm. and help men realize their true potential. That's kind of what happens in Lord of the Rings. Elves are there to facilitate man no longer being like failures. Mm. And years go by and it's peacetime and Middle Earth is very like calm and peaceful and opulent. And everyone, and she's still pursuing this mark that was scarred on her brother's corpse. And she's like going to the far heights of a mountain to try and chase this omen, this bad omen for what would be like a new danger, which we know is Sauron. And everyone says to her, Gladriel, like, what are you doing? Like, we haven't seen an orc for a hundred years. You know, the, the evil is gone. What we have to do now is depart this land into the west, into the undying lands, which is kind of like heaven. And elves are meant to, when evil is no more, they're meant to leave Middle-earth and sail off to be to join in like the higher realm. Right. This is like what happens at the end. Like all Frodo right, and the it. elves, they, they go. And it's this beautiful like light show where you like sail off into the light. And at the end of episode one, Galadriel knows deep down in her heart that like evil is not done. Like this thing still exists. And there's this moment where she's sailing off into the into the light and the guy like takes her hand and says look come we're gonna sail and she says no i can't do it and she jumps off the boat back into the water and swims back to middle earth and that's the end of episode one and that's basically like what happens you've got El a young master elrond who of rivendell who's also trying to like win the favor of the dwarves right. you've got this other elf who's stationed in the southlands which we now know will be mordor who's been told oh like evil is all done we're meant to retreat and go go off, but he actually sees that there's this like trouble with orcs going on. And I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. You've got these um these young sort of halfling creatures, which are not hobbits. They're called halfets, and they're kind of like the uh what hobbits are going to descend from. Right. 
and they're bringing lots of this like pastoral, bucolic country heart and soul to this to this show. And I think there's a couple of uh, characters. A lot of the actors in this are very unknown, so you don't really have much impression. But there's a couple of characters who, when they're on screen, they have a real twinkle in their eye, and when they're speaking, like I'm really engaged in yeah. what they're doing. And I think I need to see more of that for me to go. This show's really good. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how good your fantasy concept is. If I don't have characters that I can immediately latch onto and relate to. Yeah. I can't really get that invested. I'm only three episodes in, and I'm still trying to like really latch on to a couple of characters. Mm. Galadriel has this plot problem where she's really cool, she's really awesome, but I know that she lives because I know her place in Lord of the Rings. And she's a bit of a Mary Sue. Do you know what a Mary Sue is? Uh, remind me. A Mary Sue is a character, typically female, but doesn't have to be, that, do, that is like flawed and doesn't learn from anything. Right. So Ray from uh, The Force Awakens is a Mary Sue. Every, right. everything, every obstacle they encounter, they can like do very easily. Right. And it makes for quite an uninteresting character. Oh, which is very powerful, yeah. Very powerful. So like, there's, no, there's no like social interaction or physical altercation that she can't solve immediately. Right. And Galadriel kind of has that. Harry Potter, in like the first four books is a Mary Sue. Right. He always rises to the occasion and he always has like something answer, to fix yeah. this. He always has the answer. So it makes for like, yeah, quite, it, it's not the most interesting you, thing. You. And so I'm kind of wondering like, where, where do I like really latch onto for some humanity? At the moment, the show is so like visually stunning that I can't take my eyes off it. It looks like money. Yeah. The visual effect, it, it doesn't look like any TV show I've ever seen. Mm. Like the, the sense of scale and like the actual, what I would call like art of how these worlds and these wide shots are drawn is so amazing and it's sustaining me yeah. right now, but I need to have something more than Galadriel and Elrond who have like real plot armor to keep me going. Yeah. But right now, as you can tell, I'm like really excited and I want it to hook me more. That's, that's so interesting. Thank you for explaining that to uh, me. I think sorry, layman like me. Uh, no, no, no cliff notes, but I no, did my best. Uh, that's all I need. I mean, you're gonna, the answer, I guess, is yes, but I just want to know. I take it that they've kept all the production design from the films then, right? But is like a Balrog the same? Like, so here's Could the you thing. play them back to back? Here's the thing. Right now, it's very mixed. There are lots of different parts where I go, this is visually separate from Peter, Jackson, Peter Jackson's work. But it's not so different that I couldn't not conceive of these things existing in the same world. Right now, like the, the architectural language and the handwriting of the elves is really similar to Peter Jackson's right. interpretation. And the dwarves have this... Um, this, this, this language which looks like Nordic runes and they've really kept that like visual language for the dwarves and like when you're going through Casa Doom and Moria which are places we've been to in Peter Jackson's films it looks like it could exactly fall okay. into that but there's also a lot which I feel like is visually different okay. so they've gone thank you Peter Jackson but they've also gone we also probably for copyright reasons need yes, to like do, do our own thing it, it's I think it's doing a good balance okay but it's not it's not exactly lifting what are you preferring at the moment that or House of Dragon? It's a very interesting question because House of the Dragon is coming across as way more grounded. And I think House of the Dragon has given me characters that I'm already like really into mm. following. I'm concerned Lord, uh, Rings of Power might not have that. Isn't it interesting? You kind of have the dichotomy between what Game of Thrones always had going for it was about being grounded, right? Especially yes. in the early stages, what we talked about in our yeah. review. You say that and then it wasn't Lord of the Rings. And Lord yeah. of the Rings is the opposite. It's like It has the full spectrum, but it's not grounded. Yeah. I think it's interesting that those two were released at the same time because although initially that would seem as like you've got their, um, what do you call it, um, competing with each other. Yeah. But that competition in itself has created a good bit of marketing for both of them because oh, it's yeah. become this debate. Like 100%. I just asked, 
Which and like fair. one wouldn't exist without the other. And right? also, if one came after, it would be, well, we've just seen House of Dragon or we've just seen Rings of Power. Yes. So the fact they've come out basically the same week yeah. um, is really interesting. Um, and there's this interesting thing was like, Lord of the Rings inspired Game of Thrones and the Game of Thrones TV show inspired the, the TV show of Rings, Rings of, of Power, power. I know. without a doubt. So thank you for explaining it. I, I, I was going to ask how would it work with someone who hasn't been invested that well, but you've kind of answered that. I would be really interested to know what you think about by the end of it. How many episodes? Same. I'm three episodes in. I, I don't know how many they're doing. I want to say 10, but okay. I'm clear. And um, I want to know what you think about it by the end. I want to know what everyone else thinks is too. Yeah. Uh, people are being people are being a bit mixed because it is very ho-ho fantasy. I am an elf. But, no, but if, if, if you like that, and that's it, what when Lord you said, of the Rings is. When you said that's something you're excited for every week, that is such a precious thing. In this, in this era when we're oversaturated with yeah. content, to, to have that thing that reminds you of old TV. I don't think of, I've had it in years. Tuning in weekly. That's precious. That is really precious. Uh, and uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I want to talk about one specific scene that happened in the third episode where I was like, oh, this is good. This is good. And there's this action scene that happens where uh, these elves who have been captured, these two elves, are, have been captured into this like orc um, base. And it's like this horrifying reveal that there have been orcs in Middle Earth the whole time, like they're back. And they have this like sheltered canopy because orcs can't be in the sun. And if you look at like what Mordor looks like, they like cover the sky with ash so they can walk around. Oh, yeah. And so orcs aren't allowed to be in the sun and they're, cu- they're wearing these really cool like veils to protect from them from the sun, but they can't really walk out when the sun's shining. And these two elves are like, okay, we're going to like try and make our escape. We're going to try and fight the orcs because they're like the most like combat uh, capable and there's this really cool dynamic where the or- they are like tied in chains to a post that's in the shelter and the orcs are in the shelter and can't run out to the sun uh. so the elves like start their rebellion and they're like trying to fight and the orcs are like trying to pull their chains back into the shade because they won't run out so they're like and the elves are getting their chains and trying to like whip them to like attack the orcs <laughs> from afar because they know that if the if they drag them into the shade like the orcs will kill them yeah. and i'm like this is such a cool way to do an action scene based yeah. on like the way those creatures work, yeah, yeah. the way these things work. You've added like a spatial element to it. And I've, I've complained a lot about a lot of films and TV shows I've seen recently where like, I don't feel like the, the punches thud. Yeah. And I don't feel like the swords like really slash yes. through stuff. And I've, I've been straight away thinking like, yes, people are getting hit and, and sword is going through. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, I, well, I, you know, there's always this, been this thing. I think it was Pixar that said that like, you are interested in smart characters, right? Yes. So I like it in a fight, even in a fight scene when people are using their intelligence yeah. to fight. When, so you can, when you can see someone thinking about how am I going to outwit my opponent? It's not just about yeah. how heavy I can hit them with the no. sword or whatever. It's like, oh, how can I outsmart them? That's, that's one good. person's like holding them off with a chain. The other person's like got a hammer trying to break their chain mm-hmm. and it's like about to break and then an orc drags. Yeah. And so there's like different elements you're you're looking at. And then the, the design of the orcs, which has gone back to practical effects. They're not CG yeah. anymore, like in The Hobbit. They look so good and they're so terrifying. And they've got like a just amazing design. All of them look different. No yeah. orc looks the same. It's just, it just looks like money. So I wonder if Weta Workshop was involved in that. hundred percent. You think they were? Yeah, yeah. Or, or do they try and break away and get a different... I've been to Weta Workshop. Oh, I, have you? I was fascinated. I went, went it's to... It's cool, isn't um, it? So Weta, for people who don't know, that you know, the, the production um, designers um, behind so many fantasy films made it big in Lord of the Rings, but they're based yeah. in Wellington, New Zealand. They are involved in Rings of Power. And, oh, great. And production designers, is that what you call them? Weta Workshop? Production designers. Concept designers. Yeah. They, do, they do setting, costume, mask, weapons. So I went to, went to their workshop, and it's like an outer Wellington, and it was fascinating. I was the only person out of the small group of people I was with that wanted to go on a tour, and I was like, are you fucking mad? Yeah. And I go in there, and I, I'm the only person on the tour, so I get like wow. a personal kind of tour. Obviously, no photos allowed, <clears throat> but I'm in there. Some guy, I think, was designing something for, I think, Elysium, you know, the Matt Damon film? Yeah. 
and um, she, I, it was just fantastic. I saw um, loads of Halo stuff for a Halo uh, film that never got TV made. Show, yeah. No, 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 no. This oh, was a like a, a film project made. that never oh, got made. Wow. They had a, a whole functioning warthog there, you know, the, wow. the Jeep. Um, and this guy like was just, and this is in 2013, and he was animating on an iPad and it was like right in front of me and he let me like have a little steer of it. It was unbelievable I, and I loved it and they were so wow. cool down to earth. So whenever I think about Weta now, I'm like, good for you. It's a real great New Zealand success you story. Watch it. I know you're not interested in it, but the Hobbit special features are all about this right. and it's amazing. And like how it works is an artist will like Alan Lee or John Howe will draw the Lord of the Rings. They all draw, this is what I think a troll looks like. Yeah. This is what I think Moria looks like. And then they show it to Peter Jackson. You know, they'll make 15 and Peter Jackson goes, I like that one. And then Weta will just make it. Yeah. And it's like, uh, and then you just see it for the first time. And it's, it's genuinely incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like j just to wrap up my thoughts, I, I don't think it's perfect. I think, I think some of the dialogue could be improved. I think there's, I think there could be a problem with how the characters are shaping up. They're getting straight to, the point of what I think this show's about really quickly. Mm. Like, no spoilers, like we're, we're dealing with Sauron like right away. Mm. And I know that's where we're getting to. So if you're gonna do so many seasons, where are we going? Mm. And, and how I feel like what we're talking about has real plot armor and that's my concern. Well, how many seasons have been confirmed? I've, I heard it was five, wow. but I don't know. So I'm like, what's the show gonna be about that is different to what I'm expecting to happen that needs to like make me go, I don't know what's gonna happen here. You've actually, you, I might go watch it. You've actually convinced me. Maybe I will, I'll give, give it a look. It's, it's like a warm, fuzzy time. Okay. I like, I'm like looking forward to watching it. So I, I, I am curious to hear what people think because I think <clears throat> people criticized it for certain things. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be you know i would say you're wrong and i think i think the show is perfect but if you did have thoughts we will do what i will do if george doesn't watch it sort of another sort of season one review once it's all done out and you can send us your your thoughts to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com and we can sort of read them out as we get to that review but as it stands like i'm i'm kind of loving it nice. i'm kind of loving it and i'm proud to say i'm loving it i'm back i'm listening to the audiobooks i'm like constantly googling stuff tally like sent me a message about like who's that person again right. and then i sent her a three minute voice note with all this information right. i just had and it, that, i was like jesus christ i need to sort my life out. no that is something to be cherished okay. uh, it's exciting let us know what you think rings awesome. of power